renewable energy system is undergoing a huge transition, with the costs of renewable energy becoming more competitive versus traditional sources, along with increased public awareness and pressure. Renewable energy is becoming the mainstream energy source for many, no longer an alternative just for the progressive few. Listen each week as Brant Handley and Christian Crown, founding partners of Renew Executive Search, interview renewable energy and sustainability experts that are not only making a difference to the environment, but are also growing successful businesses. Listen and learn about what attracted these experts to renewables, why they've stayed in the sector, and how they are helping renewable companies create a better tomorrow. We know you'll enjoy these stories as much as Brandt and Christian enjoyed recording them. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are looking forward to you joining us as we dive deeper on how renewables are going mainstream. Today's guest is Kadish Karaga. He's the CEO of Otka Renewable Energy Technologies Limited, which is a venture-backed engineering spin-out of Oxford University that developed the cheapest on-demand solar power. He has eight years of major project construction management experience and has led the development of over $1 billion worth of assets, including projects such as water supply systems, subway stations, skyscrapers, and bridges. He has a civil and geological engineering by training and holds a master in construction engineering management and an MBA degree from the University of Oxford. It is welcome to Renewables Going Mainstream. Hi, Brendan Christian. Thanks for inviting me to your podcast. Well, it's uh, great to have you here. And you've got a very, very interesting background, starting, of course, many years in construction before kind of uh, transferring over into the solar industry. But we're here to, I think, first talk a little bit about yourself and, and you know, give us a little bit of your background. Uh, I know you're of Turkish origin, but living in the UK. So uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, kind of your early career path and, and what got you into the re- renewable sector. Sure, with pleasure. I'm I'm an engineer and I have a great interest towards science and innovation. Mm. I'm very lucky to be born into a family which had an established construction operations. Therefore, I learned a lot from a very, very young age. I I first went to the construction site when I was eight years old wow. and quite became addicted to it right from, <laughs> from the get-go. And currently even, I have this occupational hazard which is the cost calculation to wherever I look. I, I see mm. a construction site, I see a building, and I calculate the costs from my head. Wow. And I worked in quite different construction uh, projects, many, many meters below the ground level and hundreds of meters in the air. The focus of my career is always identifying new techniques and technologies mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that how we can do things better, cheaper, in a more reliable way. Awesome. Awesome. You've got a very high utilitarian approach, it sounds like, always looking for a high return on investment of things. So when did you first get involved in the renewable sector? I started my construction career in, my, in, in our family business, and then I moved to the industry um, as, a, as a professional. Mm-hmm, uh, construction mm-hmm. professional um and in the in the last project um that i was involved in which was between 2015 and 16 
Okay. It was a skyscraper project, 53-story skyscraper. Right. And it was a lead building, lead-rated building as a as a platinum level lead rated building. Right. And I really enjoyed working um, in a, a positive impact uh, project. Um, that's why I, I got really interested in renewables. Got it. Cool. And uh, what type of aspect did that skyscraper have? Was there solar panels? Was there sustainable materials? Tell us a little bit about, you know, the impact uh, in that particular project. So, it it was a quite interesting project from the aspect of deciding on the materials to be used. Right. Of course, they need to ha- they needed to have very low levels of carbon footprint. Right. Right. And also the construction process while we are building, we needed to use some low impact carbon footprint processes. For right. example, we didn't use uh, generators which operates. Um, diesel um, to to generate electricity, for example. Right. In every aspect of the construction process, it was very clear. Right. We can see all the impact of it in every aspect, from procurement to the processes uh, to the delivery and also the operation of the building. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, we were we built a water collection system so that this collected water would be used in the sanitary applications of the building. And uh, what led you to um, establish your own company? I think it was Agda, right? That uh, is your current CEO. So so was it that project that was kind of the impetus for you getting into the renewable and sustainable space? While I was in, in Oxford uh, doing, mm-hmm. doing my MBA, I, I met with my co-founder, Ahmed, uh, who is a brilliant mechanical engineer. Mm. And we immediately started discussing about the possibility of how we can solve the climate crisis if right. we had a clean canvas to operate on. As a result of those discussions, we identified that storing energy in the form of electricity is inherently very hard and mm-hmm. expensive. Right. Mm-hmm. Therefore, the markets should focus on thermal energy storage systems on utility scale instead mm. of electrochemical batteries. And after identifying that, we wanted to leverage being at Oxford and surrounded by the best scientists in the world. Absolutely. So we reach out to Professor Peter Ireland. Uh, he is the head of Osni Thermofluids Institute, where he supervises more than 100 researchers working on broad portfolio of engineering projects. This institute he is heading is a cutting-edge research facility in which they design and engineer world-leading solutions for jets and rockets Mm. and it is is heavily funded by Mm Rolls-Royce and he gracefully accepted our meeting uh, request and after long hours of discussions and debates we came across with with a new uh, heat transfer system which can increase the efficiency of heat transfer processes while keeping the costs low and now in Otka we are commercializing one application of this new way of transferring heat, basically. Ah, cool, cool. So it's actually um, uh, a heat transferring system that's built into the construction of a building. We are using our technology in concentrate solar power plants. Mm -hmm. This is a lesser known cousin of PV panels. In PV panels, we have this semiconductors. When the photons from the sunlight touches them, they create 
electricity right away. Right. But in concentrate solar power plants, instead of PV panels, we use mirrors to concentrate the sunlight to a central tower. Mm, okay. On the top of the tower, we have an instrument called receiver, which receives all the energy coming from thousands of meters and heats up a, a medium. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you can you can you can store this medium very cheaply. That's the beauty of it. And right. you can use this heat energy to generate electricity by using turbines. Okay. Which is which is an established technology. We have steam turbines, gas turbines, all kinds of turbines, and they, they operate very reliably. So our approach is to generate heat and then store it very cheaply and then produce electricity whenever we need it. Okay. Got it. So it's like a heat exchange or heat, heat transfer device. Awesome. Yes. And are you deploying that currently or are you still in the developmental stage of that with your, your clients? So, so we built a proof of concept prototype mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the lab. So we are quite early stage. Right. And we need at least three or four years of additional development before we can commercialize, we can have a commercial product. Got it. Got it. Right now, we don't have a commercial product, but we have a very promising technology which can increase the efficiency of the system quite significantly. Can you tell us a bit more about how it differentiates itself? I know before when we spoke prior to the to the podcast, you talked about you could reduce the size of these plants and, and make them easier to deploy. The current technologies, which are like uh, commercial, they are called molten salt uh, concentrated solar power plants, meaning they use molten salt to get the heat and store the heat and as a, as a t- heat transfer medium. In our power plant, we will use air as heat transfer fluid, so we don't have any molten salt. Therefore, we can increase the operating temperature of our power plant significantly and use a more advanced uh, power cycles. For example, we can use gas turbines or we can use supercritical carbon dioxide turbines, um, some cutting edge turbines. And because of this, we can have much smaller power plants. Current CSP power plants, they are uh, around 100 megawatts. They are huge, huge investments. They You need to invest $1 billion to build one of them. In our case, we will have 10 megawatts of CSP power plant, and it will cost around 50 to $100 million. Wow. What a big change. Yeah. yeah that's really a, a, truly a game changer. Uh, yeah. And the thing is, the cost profile of current CSP power plants, they are great. I mean, um, on-demand solar power with CSP power plants, the cost is around $0.07. Cents, and it is... It is on demand. You can sh- you can shut the operation. You can start it. You can use it during the night. And if you compare it with PV panels plus electrochemical batteries, their costs are around twenty cents right now. So compared to twenty cents, seven cents is great. In our in our solution, we are aiming to have the costs of around five cents. And it will be significantly smaller. So we think that it is a 
it it might be a game changer. We 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 are not of course we are not sure, but it is it has a possibility. It has a potential to be a game changer. That's fantastic. Can you tell us a bit more? I know you already venture backed. How has there been some challenges getting venture funding for this, or have the investors been on board, or how was that process for you? We were quite lucky because we have, uh, as as I said, Professor Peter Island. He's a um, leading scientist in jet engine pro uh, the jet engine yeah. um, heat transfer. Uh, developments Mm -hmm. and therefore investors were looking opportunities to invest in them basically fantastic and therefore they were willing to uh, bet on us and also there is a very important aspect in our development so in 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 our development we are using turbines right and currently the industrial players who are um, manufacturing turbines like Siemens, GE, Mitsubishi, all those players, all of their business, they are carbon-based. Mm. You need to burn mm. something. Yeah. And the only alternative to this is to replace the combustion chamber with a different technology. And we are we are providing this uh, alternative as, as 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 our technology as the receiver. Uh, you will have mirror and receiver, and you will replace the combustion chamber basically. And therefore, those companies they they would like to decarbonize, but they, they there is no technology available for them. So our technology is a is a potential for them to decarbonize all their products basically. How far along do you think you are until you see a commercial pr- product coming out of this? We are currently raising a 3.5 million pound um, seed round. We will have a proof of system out of this, and then we will raise a C, uh, we will raise a Series A funding, which will which will be used for the pro- the demonstration power plant. And in in 2024, four years from now, we will start raising money for our first commercial. Uh, plant. That's fascinating. It's really interesting to hear sort of how you're pushing the boundaries of technology in order to sort of uh, provide a better renewable energy system and really sort of work on the whole energy transition. Are there any other obstacles you see in moving society closer to renewables being more mainstream beyond technology? With the help of the cost reductions in PV panels and wind turbines, we are definitely going to the right direction. But the big, biggest problem right now is the energy storage bit. And the most significant obstacle is the cost of the storage of the renewable energy. The carbon resources like coal and gas, they are inherently storable. When you have a, when you have a coal power plant, you can store the coal and you can operate it whenever you, you want to. But with, with PV panels and wind, Basically, when you provide, when you when you when you have the electricity, you have to use it, and I think this is the this is the the, the most significant obstacle moving towards the renewable being mainstream, and really sort of pushing the the, the energy transition even further. 
when you look ahead sort of uh, with your knowledge of the industry, where do you see the industry is going to move in the coming years? It's obviously, obviously come down a lot in cost and mass adaptation. Yeah, so currently the renewable energy market is actually the only only a renewable electricity market. So we we are we are only talking about uh, transforming ele- electricity generation into renewable electricity generation, um, and this is around three hundred billion dollars market globally. And until two thousand and fifty, the figures might rise to one one trillion dollars a year. So the 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 transition will it will be more rapid. So we will we will see we will see huge um, expansion in the market. And also, um, we need to see um, not only electricity generation side, the transition, but also the um, heat industry. Process heat is a huge portion of the energy we are uh, using. One third of all energy we are producing is going to uh, uh, industry as process heat. So the, the this needs to have huge uh, investments around um, at least $1 trillion a year if we want to decarbonize process heat. Currently, it is all carbon-based. So it is a huge market and it is a huge uh, opportunity for investors. And it's, it's, we, 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 need to, we need to do this and we need to have everything decarbonized. One of the questions I had uh, on this is the deployment, once your technology is developed, uh, it is, is it going to be strictly commercial? Do you see the applications in industrial? Where, where do you see this uh, best being deployed? So the good thing about our technology specifically is the fact that we first produce heat and then convert into electricity. So right. we, can, we can produce energy to industries mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Cu- current systems, the molten salt systems can only provide up to 600 degrees, but in our in our system we can provide up to 1,500 degrees C. Wow! So it is it it covers very broad broad range of um, industrial processes, right. and we we have the um, only uh, commercially viable product to provide very high grade heat to industrial processes and also when you when you can achieve 1500 degrees c mm. there are some very interesting opportunities there for example you can you can produce uh, kerosene from just air thin mm. air wow you can have carbon from carbon dioxide and hydrogen from water vapor and Basically, by heating the tin air up to 1,500 degrees, you can produce kerosene by getting carbon and hydrogen. And this is, this is a great opportunity, especially for decarbonizing the aviation industry. Right, right. Yes, exactly. Oh, of course. Yeah. We are very excited to have that possibility. So our, our technology is kind of a platform technology where you can use it to generate electricity or pr- provide process heat and um, or 
produce kerosene from um, just air. And there has been great media uh, coverage yeah. about a company called Heliogen, a Bill Gates-backed company. Maybe right. you, you come come across with them. Mm -hmm. So they, they, they are trying to do this same thing that we are trying. Um, and they have very, very good um, heliostat systems, mirror systems, mm. managed by artificial intelligence and uh, machine vision so we are we are in, in in talks with them and we 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 have we might develop some partnerships fascinating well i think for the airline industry in particular and the transportation industry as a whole uh, as you know they're one of the biggest you know uh, guilty carbon intruders right um, and and it's very difficult i was listening in fact to a podcast yesterday about delta airlines and how they're committing to, you know, getting to a zero carbon footprint. But all they can do at the moment is is buying the carbon credits, right? Because there's really not a whole lot they can do. So very, very exciting, uh, particularly with regards to the applications of that industry. Uh, terrific, Eddie. Well, listen, I want to, uh, you know, exchange courses a little bit and talk a little bit about, um, you know, the the folks that are listening here. Uh, as you know, Renew Executive Search, you know, we work with clients and candidates globally who are really seeking to grow their businesses and their careers by matching best top talent and, and companies looking to grow their business. And many of the folks here, we, we estimate probably at least half, um, currently are not working in the renewable sector, that are very interested in potentially getting into it, monitoring it, looking for the opportunities there. And, and I know you're a, a recent convert. You've been about five years yes. or so now into it. <laughs> what what, what yeah. do you think are the kind of qualifications that are needed to succeed in, in the renewables or the sustainable sector? I guess it depends on where you want to position yourself. Hmm. Uh, because industry has a uh, quite wide spectrum of the, the maturity. And of, growing. Of, yeah. And and growing. So if you want to position yourself in a mature market like um PV panel installation or wind turbine installment, it is it is it is it operates more like an established market in right. And you, if if you want to do that, then you need to have very high grit and you should be extremely hardworking mm -hmm. because the industry is in the phase of profit maximization and uh, cost cutting. Right, right. But if you want to position yourself in a more intellectually challenging environment, then you might join companies like Otka, right. where we are developing new products. And the, the caliber of people uh, we are working with is is quite high so this this is a different different game of course the 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 benefits will be different uh working in a mature environment with high paced environment you can manage large budgets and you can manage really large teams right. for example to give you a comparison if you are to work in a in a large uh, construction project you might it it's it's quite common to have up to 100 people reporting to you for example like mm -hmm, it's it's, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a large uh, team uh, so you will you will get exposure to manage people and manage resources quite uh, large resources but compared to that for example in our company we only have 10 people working 
eight people working and right. we we work with uh, external consultants so it is it is it's a completely different sure approach and and, yeah. and approach and environment so i think everyone should think about what they really want well, it sounds like you're going to be staffing up soon. So for those of you who are listening, there's an open invitation. Send your resumes to info at goforrenew.com and we will get your uh, background over to Gadiz because I'm sure he's going to be uh, looking at expanding soon. Um, beyond, you know, kind of an attraction to, to doing good for the environment, uh, Gadiz, what, what more does it take, do you think, to be successful in the renewable sector? Yeah, I think, of course, you need to have the necessary background education mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like of course you need to uh you need to have what it takes to do uh to the to the job but more more to that i think we see two main attributes from candidates that we would like to see and this the, those are um we would like to see the candidates should demonstrate high adaptability and high tendency towards working in a team environment right Uh, Right. because i said our work is very creative and we always work in small teams so those two uh, traits from from our perspective is very crucial what other types of differences do you think there might be um in working in an environment particularly in you know kind of a startup like yours from from say working in a more established sector we are very flexible Mm -hmm. in every aspect Mm -hmm. But also we we expect more from 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 the people that we are working with. Right. So m- not not like you should work more hours, but you should work in a smart way all the time. Right. Right. So the the the, the quality of the work and the, the the work is different. So we we never expect someone to do mundane tasks, but they need to be working with their brains basically like they need they need to be thinking all the time right Other, and if if they, if they are producing very high quality work in in 3 hours and if this is very high quality then i i wouldn't say okay you need to work for 8 hours or something it doesn't matter the the only matter the, the only thing that matters is are you producing the the thing that you need to produce right and if 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 you're not producing that it doesn't matter if you are working 20 hours every day for example elon musk always says you need to work 8 hours a week or something i i think it is it's not that it's not that useful because you are not a machine so you cannot work 8 hours productively so i would say Working productively, the the amount of work you put in the hours is much more important than the amount of hours you put into the work. Right. So right. if if you if you are producing, then you are you are you are very very cherished and uh, important member of the of the company in any any way. This is the important bit from our perspective. Well, listen, you've been very, very generous with your time. It is. Thank you so much uh, for joining us today. We always ask uh, one last question to those that are our guests here, and, and that's kind of what words of advice and counsel would you give to those that are listening today that perhaps are not in the renewable sector or perhaps are and looking to get in deeper? Um, you know, what what do you think are the key, looking back on your own career, looking at the past five years, what do you think are the key attributes of being successful in the renewables industry? I think the most important bit for everyone 
in any in a, in any platform is the fact that they should be honest to themselves mm. and they should identify what they actually care about the most before they decide what they want to do if you want to make lots of money you should go into finance rather right. than into right. renewables right so you need to be honest to yourself and if mm. if if you want to make money then it's it's also fine i mean this is just a decision it it's it is not it's nothing personal you don't need to save the world uh, and but if you want to save the world uh, if you want to so if you want to save the world and if you want to manage large operations and budgets then you should go for mature uh, aspects of the industry mm. but if you want to um, intellectually challenge yourself and work with the most brilliant people in the world then um, join companies like otka and <laughs> be part of the history with us basically sage advice sage advice well once again thank you so much ceo and founder of otka technologies we very very much appreciate your time together with us today thank you brent and christian it was a pleasure to be with you here Thank you for listening to Renewables Going Mainstream with Brand Hanley and Christian Crown, partners at Renew Executive Search. We hope you enjoyed hearing our renewable industry experts' stories as much as we enjoyed recording them. If you want to learn more about this fast-growing sector and learn how you can become more involved, please subscribe to this podcast and share with your friends and colleagues. For more information about Brand, Christian, Renewable Executive Search and the booming renewables industry, visit www.goforrenew.com. That's www.go4renew.com. We look forward to having you join us for our next episode of Renewables Going Mainstream.